In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Why a king? Why should Christ be given this title? St. Thomas Aquinas, speaking of an earthly king, gives us a definition of what is a true king. He says, The idea of a king implies to be one man who is chief, and that he be a shepherd seeking the common good of the multitude and not his own. Though what gives this right to rule that Christ has over us? Some would say that Christ came only to spiritually serve us, and as a result, he should only remain in the spiritual realm. How far from the truth? Christ is king by reason of his divinity, He is true man and true God. He is also king by his incarnation, which constituted him head of all humanity. He is also king by his passion, whereby he redeemed us from the hands of Satan. The triple crown which we often see on Christ's head is a triple power he exercises over us as God, leader of humanity and redeemer of the world. Christ can be called a king since he is our chief and wants nothing more than our own good. He has shown this by giving up his life so that we may may have eternal life. And the question now is posed to us, how can we establish Christ's reign on earth? What can we do for a society which has long ago put Christ away? We first and foremost need to have Christ as king of our hearts. He needs to rule all of our actions. By ruling over our hearts, he will also govern our families. If Christ cannot rule within families, he will never be able to rule within society. For we know that the families are the building blocks of society. And when these building blocks are solid, the society itself is solid. And when these building blocks are weak, society crumbles. It is true that Jesus Christ must be king of our hearts and our families, but he also must be the supreme dominion over the world. A character in one of Monsignor Benson's novels, speaking of the reign of Christ on earth, says to another character, speaking of Christ himself, Is he just the prince of martyrs, the supreme pain-bearer, the silent lamb of God? Have you never heard of the wrath of the lamb, of the eyes that are as flame of fire, of the rod of iron with which he breaks in pieces the kings of the earth? The Christ you appeal to is nothing. It is but the failure of a man with the divinity left out, the prince of sentimentalists of that old evil religion that dared to call itself Christianity. But the Christ we worship is more than the the eternal word of God, the rider on the white horse, conquering and ready to conquer. Christ chose to conquer not by the sword, but by the cross. He chose to proclaim himself king in the midst of the unspeakable humiliations of his passion, thus affirming in the clearest manner 
that his kingdom is not of this world. That his kingdom is so sublime that no dishonor, no insults can eclipse it. But by this act, Jesus also tells us that he prefers to manifest his kingship far more as a conquest of his blood than as a title belonging to him as virtue of his divine nature. Already, almost 100 years ago, Pius XI lamented at the errors of his time which were plaguing society, namely anti-clericalism. This anti-clericalism, which is nothing else than laicism, which refuses to give God's rights to his people. This laicism, in the place of the love of God, puts pride and egoism. This same pontiff in today's encyclical, or the encyclical which created today's feast, says, With God and Jesus Christ excluded from political life, with authority derived not from God, but from man, the very basis of that authority has been taken away, because the chief reason of the distinction between ruler and subject has been eliminated. The result is that human society is tottering to its fall because it no longer has a secure and solid foundation. All authority comes from above. Our Lord, during his interrogation with Pilate, as we heard in today's gospel, affirmed this as he said, Thou should not have any power over me unless it were given to thee from above. When public leaders forget that their authority is given from above, they lose sight of the finality of their duties. They also forget that one day they will have to give account to God for what they have done or what they haven't done. Leo XIII gave us a different picture. He gave us a picture when Christ can rule in society. He says, Then at length will many evils be cured. Then will the law regain its former authority. Peace with all its blessings will be restored. Men will sheathe their swords and lay down their arms when they all freely acknowledge and obey the authority of Christ. And every tongue confesses that Lord Jesus Christ is the glory of God the Father. We look for peace in the world, yet only Christ can bring true peace. If all countries were to put their banners under one standard of Christ, then true peace can reign on this earth. Though, to know that Christ is our King should also be a great sign of hope for us, which should give us peace within our hearts. We should never be discouraged at what is going on in the world or in the church. Christ has full control. No evils can happen which God has not approved for a greater good. But we must make Christ reign on this earth. We must do our part. This feast was not instituted at the end of the liturgical calendar for a reason. Pius XI, in doing so, wanted to recall that Christ's reign is not reserved only for the end of time when God comes to judge the living and the dead. But this sovereignty of our Lord should be present now. After the 10 a.m. Mass, we will consecrate the human race to the Sacred Heart. 
Let us offer up all that we have to Christ so that he can have a full rule over our lives. Let Christ the King reign in our hearts so that he can reign in our families and rule society. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
ktorá on nie chce ku nás